Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get started on our study this evening. Father, we are thankful for tonight and for the opportunity we have to come and to um, study together, to learn together. Um, Father, we do um, we pray tonight for uh, Wally's mom. We pray, we, we're thankful that uh, she came through surgery, Lord, and um, now that she's going through therapy, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen her. Um, Lord, we do pray tonight for uh, Michael and uh, the the transplants that he has had and now having cancer, Lord. And, uh, we just pray that you would be with him. We pray that you would uh, be with the, the doctors that are, are evaluating him and, uh, Lord, treating him. And, Father, give them wisdom. Lord, we pray for peace for um, Lord him and his, his family and we pray Lord that you would heal him of this if it be your will um, and Father we we're thankful for a time to come and, and look at uh, truths from your word and so we pray that you would be with us this evening and, and teach us Lord that we might be more like Christ and we pray this in Jesus name Amen Alright I need to get All right, so tonight we're going to begin a, a study looking at Assurance of Faith by Dr. Joel Beakey. Um, Dr. Beakey has uh, put together this study. It's a, a series of, of about 11 lessons about believers' assurance of being born again. And many of us, I'm sure, um, if not all of us at some point have struggled kind of with this question, have struggled with this issue when we look at our lives. We, we ask ourselves, you know, is, is this really real, right? Am I, am I truly born again or, or have I merely, you know, have I just have head knowledge that I just make a profession and, and it's not, not real? I don't have a change of heart. The Lord... Um, I've not been regenerated. All of those kind of questions kind of come into our, our mind. And we, you know, we look at Scripture like um, that in Matthew 7 and um, where Jesus is speaking. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of, of heaven. And, and he says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, um, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And he says, then I'll declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. And so it's a really, um, it really causes us to pause and to, to think and to consider and to evaluate ourselves and um, think through this. As I said, I'm sure we all have at some point. And so um, I hope that this series of, of lessons as we work through them um, will help teach us how to look at assurance biblically. And so um, the first lesson we're going to look at tonight is called Assurance Defined. Assurance Defined. And we'll we'll start with an example of what true assurance um, of faith looks like from 2 Timothy in chapter 4. 
There Paul writes, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who love, who have loved his appearing. And so, just a, again, an example of this great confidence, this great assurance that Paul has that he does indeed belong to the Lord. And so, as we begin to talk about biblical assurance, the first thing we have to do is define it. We have to know what it means. Um, and so, Dr. Beakey, uh, he defines it this way. It's the conviction that you, as a Christian, belong to Christ through faith and will enjoy everlasting salvation in Him. It includes things like we rejoice in salvation, we're confident and we know that we belong to Christ. We have this, this personal interest in, in the things of the gospel and, and all the blessings that the gospel brings to us. And the term that is used in Scripture to refer to assurance of the believer uh, many times is the term full assurance. So, again, we as believers, we don't want just some assurance, you know, that can come and go or can, um, can leave us hanging. We, we don't, we want full assurance. We want to know. And so we see this stated in places like Hebrews chapter 6, where the author writes, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope, full assurance of hope until the end. Again, in chapter 10, the author writes, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. So we want a, a robust, a deep, a full assurance with, with all confidence that Christ is in us and we are in Him. And so... Um, Dr. Beeky also, he points out that, that full assurance leads to um, some very real fruit in the believer's life. And he lists some of these. Um, and, and some examples would be things like closeness with God, right? There, there's an experience of, of an intimate fellowship together with him in, in prayer, um, in his word. Also willing obedience to, to carry out his commands. There's a true thirsting and a hungering after God, a true craving that we have deep down in us to, to know Him and to, to have Him personally as our God. There's unspeakable joy and, and peace in God. And that, that's not merely in the gifts that He gives us and, and the good things that He provides, but but also in his very person, just in who he is and being with him. Joy and peace. And also there's, there's longing to glorify God by carrying out the Great Commission. So all these things that those who are in Christ, who are born again, 
um, will we'll long for and, and will desire to do and to be. And so now that we've, we've looked at a definition, we've looked at some examples of, of the kind of fruit in the life of a believer um, that, that we see this, this assurance produce, um, we're going to go on and look at seven reasons why assurance is important. You know, why it matters. Why, why do we want it? Why do we need to have assurance? Um, the first of these is what uh, he calls soundness of faith in life, in the Christian life. So, in other words, what he means here is correctly viewing what true faith is. Um, and he, he goes in and he talks about there basically two ways that we can incorrectly view or incorrectly evaluate if we possess true faith. Um, on the one hand, there's easy believism, and on the other hand, there's hard believism. And, and they're both, it, it's a mistake to go either way. Uh, we want to avoid, avoid both of those. Um, easy believism it gives a false assurance to those who are not true believers. So uh, many times those in this category would, you know, they've, um, at some point they might have even said the, the sinner's prayer. Um, they might have, um, you know, raised their hand. They might have done something like that to, a, to some kind of altar call um, at some point in time. And, and yet their lives show no evidence of being born again. Um, you know, they're not broken over sin in their life. They're not longing for holiness in Christ's likeness. Um, they're not examining themselves in light of Scripture. But they kind of, they remember back, they kind of hold on to, you know, there was that one time in my life where I made this decision. And um, so we want to be very careful with that, to be able to examine that. Um, and that can fall on the easy believism side. Other side, or the other way we can go wrong in thinking about this is hard believism. So this is where those who are truly born again don't have the assurance that they are. This would be, you know, those who would tend to, they're, they're kind of overly introspective in a lot of ways. They're always looking inside of themselves, they're kind of looking at their, their past, they're, they're kind of dwelling on their past sins. Um, they overanalyze, um, they're overly critical of themselves, and, and they kind of expect perfection. And so their expectations are, are, are not really reasonable um, in the Christian life. And so they, they dwell more really on what they, they've done wrong, and they don't really dwell as much on who Christ is. And, and what Christ has done to forgive them and, and to redeem them. So um, the Scottish pastor Robert Murray McShane, he um, was a young man. He wrote a, a Bible reading program for the families in his church. That's probably one of the most famous things he's, he's known for. I think he passed away at about 26 years old. Um, very young man. And it was I can't remember what years he lived. It was a, a while back, but... Um, he wrote a letter to a friend who was struggling with this very thing in this area. And 
uh, as he wrote the letter to encourage his friend, this is what he wrote to him. He said, learn much of the Lord Jesus. For every look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. Live much in the smiles of God. Bask in his beams. Feel his all-seeing eye settled on you in love. And repose in his almighty arm. Just great words of encouragement from a friend. For, for someone who's really struggling with, with seeing themselves this way. And so... Um, we want to remember that, you know, we don't want to have this easy believism kind of thing where we, we make the decision and then we kind of go on with life as we were and we're not changed. We also don't want to err on the side of, of being overly harsh in our criticism of ourselves either. Um, we, want, we want assurance in our faith that sees faith rightly. And so... Um, a big reason we want to see assurance biblically is what it, which we're going to do as we work through this study. Um, the second reason assurance is important is because it leads to peace with God and joy in God. We see this in passages like Romans 5, where it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Peace and joy with him because we are assured that we are in him. And, um, and Dr. Beeky is quick to point out this doesn't mean um, that a life of full assurance will be completely free of sorrow or, or free of doubt. Um, scripture is very clear that that's not the case, especially in places like the Psalms that we looked at the past few weeks. But, but it means that the sorrow and the doubt that we have will not last. They will not take away from the believer's assurance. They won't take away from... The, the true joy and peace that we find in Him. The third reason why, why knowing and, and having this assurance is important is because it, it results in true acts of service to others. It leads us to, to faithfully serve others. So in a way, when you you can think about it and look at it is when we're when we're assured in and of ourselves we we can then look from ourselves outward to other people in order to be able to to serve them. Um, and so paul writes in first thessalonians because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power in the holy spirit and with full conviction you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake you know the men we proved to be. You know our character. You know our, our conduct. We worked among you as those who have full assurance. Fourth, assurance of faith results in communion with God. Communion with God. You know, it, it's hard, very difficult, um, pretty much impossible 
to have communion with someone when you have no assurance of the terms of, of really of the relationship and where you're at with each other. And we know from Scripture a person's either an enemy of God as a non-believer or an adopted child of God as a believer. And if I have full assurance of my standing as a child of God, then I can have intimate communion with Him. Just think of, you know, the, the earthly example of it. Of, you know, if I have assurance that my earthly father loves me, then I can go and, and talk to him and spend time with him and enjoy my relationship with him because I'm assured of his love for me. And it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. When I, I, whenever I think of communion together with God, it's kind of hard for me. Kind of the first thing I think of is Moses um, in Exodus 33 where it, it talks about it says, when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and, and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. Thus the Lord used to speak Moses, to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Just this great picture of this intimate relationship of God with, with man. And Moses going in and speaking with the Lord in the tent of meeting. Um, another reason... Um, that assurance of faith is important and that assurance matters is that um, assurance and holiness are directly linked together. So holiness in life of of living for the glory of God, of of growing in our hunger and growing in our thirst for Him, uh, progressively fighting against sin in our lives, progressively becoming more pure and more obedient to the law of God. There's this direct relationship between assurance and holiness. Greater holiness equals greater assurance. Dr. Beeky says it this way, a believer cannot persist in high levels of assurance while he continues in low levels of holiness. A person cannot claim to be a believer and then just live however they please in their conduct and expect then this great assurance that they belong to God. It doesn't work that way. Assurance and holiness go hand in hand. Another thing, assurance is necessary for resilience against secularization. Secularization and, um, and apostasy. Um, so as, as churches become more secular in, in so many ways, we're, you know, we're called to stand as lights in the midst of darkness. And um, we've seen examples recently of um, denominations promoting and, and confirming uh, homosexual clergy, transgender clergy. I had a, a neighbor of mine the other day. Uh, we were out walking the dog, and she stopped and, and asked me about that and started talking to me about it because they were working through some of that stuff at her church. And so um, we're starting to see that. We see aspects of, of worldviews like you know critical race theory and, and intersectionality and um, 
coming into many denominations and, and into our churches. Um, or, you know, it, maybe it's kind of simply churches using unbiblical means to try to uh, attract more people into the building. You know, whatever it, it may be, um, in order to stand against and be set apart from things like that, in the church, in our own culture, and um, we have to have assurance of faith. Because when we stand against things like that, the pressure is going to come. You know, either you conform to it, or you face criticism and ridicule uh, for not. And so we have to have assurance in our minds that, you know, Jesus is mine and, and I am his in order to be able to stand against that kind of thing. The last reason that we want to look at this evening um, about the, the importance of assurance is that assurance promotes biblical doctrine. So a, a deep, uh, really sound, robust, sincere understanding of, of all the truths of Scripture and of, of sound doctrine, they're kind of necessarily linked to a, a deep, solid assurance of faith. Right? When we understand the attributes of God and who He is, when we understand um, man's sinfulness and the divine dilemma of, of how can God be both merciful and just, and loving and just. And um, when we understand effectual calling and justification and, and all these different deep spiritual truths, it, it just leads us to see who God is and what He's done. And it teaches us how, how God is designed and how He's orchestrated and how He's instituted uh, the salvation of, of mankind. And it leads us to deep assurance if we have been born again, that we truly have been and that we are children of God. And so as I began to look at this study and work through it, I'm really excited about working through this. I believe it's going to the benefit. Um, it can benefit all of us because, like I said at the beginning, I think we've all struggled with this. We've struggled with doubt. We've struggled with fear. Um, in, our, in how we stand before God, um, at some point in our lives and as we continue in our Christian life to seek to examine ourselves before him. And so I pray that, that the Lord will help us. We walk through these next weeks to really come away from this study with this full assurance that Hebrews talks about. And so let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for a new study. Lord, we thank you that uh, you have given us your word um, in which you tell us how we can truly be assured that we are yours. And so, Father, I pray that you will help us as we continue to go forth. Lord, help us to consider these things in our minds. Help us to meditate on them and meditate on your word in our hearts. Um, Father, and we do pray that we will have full assurance. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you.